This is the Vessels Podcast brought to you by Ask Us Why Christian Apparel. We live in a day and age where every opinion, ideology, and philosophy is at the touch of a button. But actual truth, truth only found in God by revelation of his word, is what can bring us true life and fulfillment that we were created for. And this podcast exists to help you navigate those day-to-day challenges that we face with a biblical and youthful perspective that brings you guidance and clarity in a world of confusion and distraction that ultimately should bring you closer to Jesus. We hope you love this podcast. And with that being said, let's get to it. Good morning, Ask Us Why fam. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we are live in the lion's den. As always, with my good friends, Christian Connor and Allie. How we doing today, folks? It's Friday. Then it's Saturday, Sunday. What? <laughs> <clears throat> you guys know that song? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're joking. <laughs> wait, <laughs> all are looking at him like, huh? He's like, wait, you guys don't listen to that <laughs> every Monday? You want to sing it for us? I just did. Well, there, is there not more to that? <laughs> no, really, that's it. It repeats I think that, that's a call. It's like... <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a dance so song. So it's, it's Friday. It's Friday, then it's Saturday, Sunday. What? Okay. And it, like, <laughs> it takes it from like a vine or something and it repeats it. And then it like... Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And then it like goes... There is, you guys there ever is seen Wasabi part. Baby? That's the only thing I know. Uh, that's a good one. Have you ever seen Help. Peanut Butter Baby? Oh, yeah. Ah. Mm. Wasabi? No. Wasabi? No. And she eats it, she goes, help. Help. (laughs) (laughs) That stuff burns, bro. That's not to be messed around with. Mm. No, that's pistachio ice cream. (laughs) What? (laughs) Have you seen cars? Uh, Tom Mater. Tom Mater. It's been a minute since I've remembered all the quotes from it, though. It's like Tom Mater. I don't know. He had, he's like, let me get some of that pistachio ice cream. But it was a sushi bar. <laughs> <laughs> and he ate it. Obviously, had to put his tongue into a fountain to cool it off. <laughs> Clearly. It's the only course of action. That was pretty funny. And he embarrassed Lightning McQueen. And then it like created this whole complex. Like, are they going to be friends anymore? It was crazy, man. Oh, because he called it pistachio ice cream. No, it's because he messed up the whole place that he. Oh yeah, yeah, the actual plot of the story. <clears throat> I thought you meant specifically because he <laughs> had the ice cream. <laughs> that was what caused conflict. It, I mean, it contributed for sure. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, I really love the relationship dynamic between Tomater and um, <clears throat> Lightning McQueen, but I could never really tell if they were As like a more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can never really tell if they're more like complementarian or like egalitarian. No. I just had a really Please. hard time like reading the room on it. <laughs> Five out of ten. <laughs> How did you guys? <laughs> All right. Well, no, we good. are currently in the relationship series i guess a kind of a series i don't really know we'll see how long we do it for it's not like it's planned out for like 12 weeks just kidding we are we're so on top of things guys uh and we've been talking already about red flags and green flags and then kind of leading into this idea of just marriage there's obviously a huge factor of uh like the relationship like dynamic of how they work because i think that there's a lot out there 
And I know those are big words that I just said, like egalitarianism and complementarianism. But it's basically just like understanding roles within the marriage relationship or I guess dating for nowadays because that's what people just the world says to do that. But I guess like in our perspective, we're talking about marriage as believers because um, there is a lot of combating the things that what scripture says and we kind of are ignoring them or we're twisting them or we're fighting against them, which is already a red flag in and of itself. Like if scripture says something and then you're like, Mm, but I'm going to look for other verses that say otherwise about that. <laughs> like, why, why, why are you trying to deny it? Like trying to change God? Like, no, not cool, bro. Um, so yeah, I figured we'd just talk about, uh, roles in the relationship and just kind of understand that dynamic. So, um, right now I would say that in like Western culture, one, it's kind of seen as like toxic masculinity to some degree, which we've already talked about. Um, but also in, uh, just like in general, it's kind of looked down upon if a man claims to be the head of a house, it seems like there's more movement towards like, like they're together on this or like, why is she being seen as less or like she should be the one leading the household and those kind of things. So like, why do you guys think that like society right now sees what like the Bible says about like how like Ephesians five twenty two? talks about how like the man is the head of the household why do why is that like so combative in culture right now i think the biggest reason is obviously the enemy wants wants there to be dissension between you know the world but especially between believers um in one way i think that he, he tries to do that is to get people to to believe that they're being um they're being looked down upon or being oppressed, which obviously those things are true, like in the world, like those things happen. Um, but I think <clears throat> with with marriage dynamics and relationship dynamics, um, one thing he, he, he does, I don't want to give him credit, but one thing he does well is he convinces people that the other gender, the other sex, or the other half of the relationship is trying to, you know, gain power over that other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that causes a wealth of problems. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. Like the devil just wants division, but also like with division and stuff, there's been a lot of like typically feminist movements um, where it's almost like no one said we have no say. They're just saying we do have a say, but we should be louder than a guy. Like they just, I don't know. There's extremes to both sides, but I feel like, there are men in the world, I'm not saying there aren't, that fully believe that like women should have no say at all. Like we are property and we're bought and owned and claimed. And there are females who genuinely think men are the scum of the earth mm-hmm. and that we should rule over them. So if we could just meet somewhere in the middle, <laughs> that would be great. But I do agree with Connor. Like it's a lot about division, um, especially in marriages, like to stir up that conversation and have women like go to their husbands and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And have conversations that are probably tough yeah Yeah. Christian Um, I agree with you guys I think I mean I think that a lot of it is rooted in in our identity where we place that so I mean I I just think off the top with the culture that we live in you are what you do Um, your identity is in your title at work your title at home and different things and so if if you know the way that a traditional household is set up is with the man as the head of the household and then the woman being um 
submissive to him in the sort of the roles, the way that the household is laid out, then automatically, according to how we place our identity in, in our culture, it's then automatically she's less than him. You know, he gets the bigger pay. He gets, you know, special service or privileges because he, his title is higher than hers. Um, when that's just not true. Like that's not, I think that's not a biblical perspective of different roles. Um, but I think that that's probably a big reason why it's such a big deal It's because we're like, Oh, like if he can do that, then so can I, because we're equal, but that's not really what it's saying. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, hundred percent. The, uh, <clears throat> it really does come down to the heart, uh, in the relationship. It's like, what are you, what are you desiring out of that? And, uh, I think a lot of it comes from selfish ambition and for personal gain when you fight against those things. But I will also say that like, like it's, it goes along with everything else that we've done to screw up in history where like men have absolutely abused that and have turned that for their own power and have manipulated it. And it's caused a lot of pain. But the problem is that like we live in a society where we're not wise in understanding how to handle pain. And so instead of learning what scripture calls us to do, which is to forgive, to have grace and to still follow what God calls us to do, we flip the 180 and we think that we're the ones seeking justice or redemption for ourselves. And it becomes our personal like mission in life or our purpose that we need to like, you know, make that our movement. And, uh, and so I think that that's where society is, is that they're taking the hurt of the past and like just looking at the way women were treated a long time ago. Um, and even still in like other countries, cause it's still like what you're saying, like there's still property in a lot of other countries. Um, so it's not, it's not like we've gotten out of that stage in the world right now. And now we're just trying to figure out this whole like complementary versus egalitarian kind of thing. It's like, no, there's a lot of places in the world that still have this dynamic setup. It's really Western culture that has a different perspective on like the relationship um, structure and how it's supposed to be kind of laid out. Did we explicitly define complementarianism and egalitarianism? Not yet. We're going to get into that. Okay. Um, but uh, I think that there's there's definitely room for improvement from the mistakes that we've made in the past. But like it goes, yeah, like you were saying, Ali, is that we can't go on the extremes and swing from one side to the other. Uh, in a sense of retaliation or of um, justice to some degree, like taking justice into our own hands. Like there's obviously things that we can do to like, um, to like help out in society when things are wrong. Like justice obviously is not something that God doesn't desire for us to do, but when we leave God out of it and we leave scripture out of it and we think that we know what's best, that's where things just go south. And so that's why I think there's a lot of conflict with this right now. And that's why, I mean, like we've already talked about different reasons why divorce happens, but like it seems like another big reason why divorces are happening is because n- neither partner understands like their role in the relationship and what they're called to do, um, being centered in Christ. So like that's specifically related to um, like for us as Christians, like we know what we're called to do, but that's harder to find in society. Like they don't give you those kind of directions and instructions of like, hey. Well, you're called to submit to your your husband and you are called to um, like serve and sacrifice for your wife um, and he is to be under the headship of Christ. You're not going to get that advice on psychology today. They're just going to tell you like, oh, you're, here's four different ways that you could probably do better with your communication skills because that's probably what the problem is. 
And so it definitely, uh, definitely doesn't solve that problem. So yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about definitions real quick. So what are these big words? Complementarianism and egalitarianism. What do these mean? Um, <clears throat> I'll read some definitions for us. <clears throat> uh, so <clears throat> I'd say like a main complementarianism definition um, is that men and women are equal in personhood. Therefore, there is no difference in worth. Rather, proponents of complementarianism believe that men and women have separate, though equal, roles in marriage, family life, the church, and elsewhere. The word <clears throat> complementarianism derives from the word complement. Just like complementary colors work well together to create beauty, or one aspect of a dish complements another. The idea is that men and women complement each other for a more beautiful whole. And then for egalitarianism... It's usually defined as a belief in human equality, especially with respect to social, pol political, and economical affairs, or a social philosophy advocating for the removal of inequalities among people. Um, in Christianity, egalitarians agree with complementarians that men and women are equal in worth. However, egalitarianism goes further to state that men and women are considered equal in role capabilities as well. There's no gender restrictions on what roles men and women can fulfill in the church, home, in society. Thank you. That I uh, hope that clears the air <laughs> on those definitions. Yeah. So uh, a lot of like traditional uh, Orthodox Christians holds a complementarianism, um, but there seems to be a growing movement, especially along the progressives, for egalitarianism. And uh, I think that's where like things get tricky. Is we. Um, like we see, like I'll just I'll just read some scripture for us real quick, just so we kind of have some background here. Um, but like it's just it's it blows my mind why like egalitarian is a view at all, because like again we're like trying to to find something that we want to believe in scripture versus just reading what scripture has to say, or if anything we have to like really dig in to try and make a really ridiculous case for why it doesn't say what it says, <laughs> and so. Um, and this isn't like, uh, th this is the hardest part too, is I think that immediately when we start talking about a topic like this, one, us being men, like it's just now like normal in society for like anyone that's a woman to just like completely block us out. To be like, you have no right to say anything about this because you're not a woman, you haven't experienced what I've experienced, all of those kind of things. Um, I don't really know like where this has come from because I don't think this has always been the view. I think that like, social media and society have really like inflated this idea but like it doesn't like facts don't change facts you know what i'm saying and i understand that like obviously you don't want a uh, you know an adulterer like lying pastor to be on stage preaching every single sunday if you know that he's constantly living in sin so like there's obviously like some degree of yeah like i probably shouldn't be taking word from you but like if he's saying what's in scripture it doesn't matter if it's a sinner saying it or someone that's completely righteous and is doing everything perfect. Like scripture is what scripture says. And uh, I remember reading a, a Q&A from Jonathan Pecluda where someone had asked like if he was um, like considered Baptist or um, like evangelical or, or something along those lines. And he said he was a biblicist. And I was like, that's kind of funny. It's like he just believes what the Bible tells him and uh, doesn't try to categorize it. But that's like the same thing is I think that like one even going to this discussion, I don't know what kind of people listen to this podcast, but I imagine that there's already like kickback where they're going to be like, oh, here we go again. Three dudes telling women what they're supposed to do. And I That's think that, why I'm here. 
And that's why Allie's here. So we're not going <laughs> to talk for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Allie, take over. It's just, it's just my opinion, guys. That's the one that matters here. <laughs> right. Um, but, but I think that like, yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to like have a mature mindset when it comes to just understanding what God's word says. And it doesn't matter who it comes from. When it comes, it comes to like opinions about very specific things, sure, you can go back and forth all day with what it is. But to completely cancel someone, like it's it's considered a fallacy. It's called an ad hominem, where basically you will reject what the other person has to say simply because of their character or of their person. But that doesn't take away the truth of their statement. Mm-hmm. Someone who's evil and wrong could say that gravity exists and you don't just get to be like, it doesn't exist because I don't like you as a human being or you're not the right person to say, you're not a scientist. And you're like, okay, <laughs> like, come on, let's be adults here. And so, yeah, even before going into this topic, I think that's just something important for us to clear the air on is that if you're someone that has a hard time uh, listening to the opposite gender or even the same gender and just rejecting what they're saying simply because of certain characteristics about them to like really like check your heart and repent of that because that's not biblical by any means. I mean, if you look at all of scripture, it's written by a bunch of men, but like, does that mean that God doesn't like women and that they're, you know, misogynist in every way? Like, no, absolutely not. I think Jesus is one of the best examples of someone who was radically different in opinions about women during his time than everybody else. But that's not the discussion today. The discussion is that like we need to have a like a clean slate of just what does the Bible say about this? Let's talk about it and let's own our parts and focus more on our relationship with God than with the other person. Because I think that's where things get mixed up is that it's less about um, our relationship with God first. We look at like other relationships and we think it's all about us. And it's like you need to focus on what you and God have going on and understand what scripture is saying about you and what you need to do. Like, hey, me and you are talking right now. Don't look over there. Like me and you were talking, this is what you need to do. And so Paul does that um, in a couple of different points of the the epistles, one of them being 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7. And then I'll read Ephesians 5, 22 for us so we can have some background. So first it goes, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be one without a word, by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women of women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children. If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, likewise. Oh, sorry. uh, And do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the women as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace uh, with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. And I think that's where when, when we read like as the weaker vessel, immediately the first thought is like, there it is. Like scripture says that like I'm weaker than the man <clears throat> in the sense that like you're worth less as a person. And like that's that's literally not the case there. I think if if you're reading the context and everything, I think what it really is saying is quite literally by biological factors, they are a weaker vessel. And it's not to say that like you guys are... Um, like less less human, less valuable, less worth anything in the sight of God's eyes, but it's more calling men like to cherish and to like protect you guys because 
we could talk all day long about the abuses that happen against women every single day. And like, that's because men do abuse the power that they have and the strength that they have. Like you don't see very often a woman in the street taking on a man and like grabbing him and kidnapping him. Like you don't really see that happening. Very rare do you see that happen, but you see it with men and women all the time. And so I think that the context for us there, just to kind of clear the air is, is it has less to do with you're a weaker person and you're weaker in your spirit. But actually, I think that's uh, the opposite. I think guys actually are worse when it comes to like getting like it just like making sense with a relationship with God. Guys just suck with that. Girls are really good with that. Um, but it's about protecting and cherishing women in that sense. So anyways, um, then moving on to Ephesians 5, 22 through 29. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as a, uh, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also also wives should submit everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. So those are two, I think, key key verses. Do you guys know of any others? I didn't I didn't really throw any others out there, but I think you already talked about like first Peter. I yeah. So those are the two like big ones that we see really like Paul talking about like the relationship dynamic between the two and the roles that we have. Um so like in a in a complementary relationship, um, what like what does it look like for roles? I guess I guess here's a better question for us to start with is like, do like women really have to submit to men, and what does it mean for a woman to submit to a man? Uh, go ahead, Ali. No, good. you got it. No, you got it. Babe. You got it. <sighs> you go first. Okay. <laughs> go on. No, you can go. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, I feel like when women hear the word submit to your husbands, they automatically get defensive and they're like, well, that's not fair if they don't have to submit to me. Like, why do I have to do everything they say all the time? Like they almost see themselves as an animal and him being like, like he's your master. I feel like the Lord is not like that and he didn't intend for it to come off that way. Society just loves to twist things and we're a very easily offended society. Um, and if you're reading the Bible to find offense, you're going to come out offended. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So with that verse in mind, I was talking to my friend, um, Emma, actually, Emma and Josiah, they're also engaged. And I made a comment, which we all, I feel like have made in the past. And I was like, Emma, you wear the pants in the relationship being funny, kind of telling a joke. And she stopped me and she was like, I want to stop you. I don't like that you said that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. She was like, well, it's not true and it shouldn't be. I don't wear the pants. Josiah does, right? He's the leader of this relationship. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, however, the reason why you say that is because you're seeing a guy who respects me. He respects my opinion. He respects what I do. That's what you're seeing. And it's sad that you think that's like me wearing the pants when that's what he should do. He should respect me and what I think. It like rocked my world. I was like, women get this idea of like being really submissive and like, you know, Connor's like, Ali, sit. I'm like, okay. Like being like that. <laughs> I don't do that. That was a joke. <laughs> I was like, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying like there's like that extreme or if like Connor were, if I was to boss him around, like people would think like I wore the pants. Um, when in reality, it should be a relationship where Connor does lead, but also I have a role in being led. 
you know what I'm saying? Like there is two roles, but there's, mm-hmm. it's not like I just am a animal to him and I just do everything he tells me to do. He respects my opinion and allows me to have an opinion. Not that I'm not trying to say like, oh, he chooses when I can and can't. I'm saying like, that's what relationship's about. Um, I guess, I don't even know if that answers the question, but that's my idea of like being submissive and having that role as a female, which I also think is a gift. Like it is a gift to be able to be submissive to your husband and serve your husband. Um, he's serving you too, just in a different way. Yeah. And I feel like something too society loves to get mad about, but I just like, there's that joke going around, like whoever, whoever's the woman that said women should work. I hate her. Like <laughs> We were doing fine at home. <laughs> we started that. Um, but like women just love to be like, women deserve to get paid as much as men, blah, blah, blah. But I've heard same girls that I'm friends with be like, well, you know, my husband needs to make more than me. I'm like, but you, what? Like right there, that's what you're saying. Like he's the breadwinner, but somehow you want to walk all over him. You want to choose the money goes when he makes the money. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy to me. Um, but I think as a society, we've just chosen to take offense instead of embracing the role. Um, yeah, society has changed. And now, you know, if I were to make more than Connor, we're going to have to work she with She does that. make more than me, by the way. This is true. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it's like at the end of the day, that doesn't make me reign over Connor yeah. in any way, shape or form. And women should, I encourage women to embrace being submissive, dive into what that looks like. It looks different for a lot of different people. Um, no, it does not mean you allow disrespect. You allow cursing, yelling, screaming, abuse of any kind, but you just learn how to love and serve in a different way than the man loves and serves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. I think, um, I think the the largest thing that we have to realize with this is first of all, like the the definition in the context of like how we read things in our culture today, like sometimes shape how we understand like what the Bible says, and it changes that definition. And so, like when we think of submission, like our automatic like con- contextual Westernized like American context is like oh that's a bad word like that means something bad that like you shouldn't do because that's that's how we've been raised but that doesn't make the the what the bible says like bad doesn't make what it says untrue um so we have to understand how how we're understanding and learning things in the context of scripture which is not our context today um and also like we have to understand that the Lord calls the man and the woman to be submissive under the Lord. Like it's not like the the man is the head above the Lord as well. Like both are to submit to the Lord. And I think that's where we get those things wrong because in our head, we have this hierarchy where whoever's at the top, man or woman, like whichever one hierarchy we make up in our head, like that's the person that's bad. And it's like, well, we don't think that necessarily about God. So like, why is that different when you make it up in your mind about a man or a woman? Mm -hmm. And like the understanding needs to be, like Paul says, the man is submitting to the Lord and the woman is submitting to the man as he's submitting to the Lord. Like that doesn't make it a bad thing. Like you want your, your man to submit to the Lord. And when the world tries to do stuff that, um, you know, scripture outlines, but is not led by the spirit. That's when things get messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the world has, has tried to honestly probably take what the Bible says, but they don't, they don't believe it necessarily. And they've twisted it. Um, and that's why we have these conversations is because sometimes it's hard to, to understand <coughs> living in a, <coughs> excuse me, living in a culture, <laughs> living in a culture that's completely different. Um, 
to what the Lord calls us to. Um, and it's a, it's a journey. And I think like something we also forget is trying to change things overnight, like in, in the world or in our lives. Like obviously there's growth every single day and the Lord like gives us mercy every single day. But like our, our Christian journey is one of like a whole lifetime. Um, and so learning to do these things that the Lord has called us to do, um, and not necessarily trying to fix them overnight because taking shortcuts is not necessarily what the Lord wants for us. Totally. Mm. Christian, you got some notes. What's your thoughts? Um, on this in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that the perspective that we have about, <laughs> you're like talking up here for it just like talking to it there you go yeah let's see um it's like the idea of submission yeah so when when i was looking into this and thinking about it i i think i thought a lot about my role within the company that i work for and the leadership that i have um which has been really really awesome great experience um and i think that that same experience should be, it, sh- it should be looked at in the same lens um, for relationships. So what I mean by that is that the leadership in a household should be like the the man should lead with humility, right? He should be contributing to the household. So he's giving more than he takes. Um, he's very clear with his communication. He's focused and providing direction like those are just basic things that good leaders do um, and I think that for a man to lead the household like he he should be aspiring to have those qualities and be, be leading it in that way and when he is doing those things the way that he is naturally inclined to do um, I, I guess by the way that the Lord designed men to operate and to think he's going to be working, I guess, like in his lane, like how, how, how God designed us. And I think that it makes it easier for a woman to, you know, submit to his leadership style because at least in, in my experience with my work, like I want to go to work and I want my bosses to be leading me because they do a really, really good job of that. And it makes me feel valued. It gives me a sense of direction. It gives me, you know, a purpose for like why I'm there. And it makes me feel like a valued member of the team. And that's huge. And I don't have any complaints about the leadership being what it is because they're doing a great job. I think it's the same for household and how the Lord outlines how a man should lead the household. If he's doing a great job and doing things according to how the Lord kind of defines and and gives us a purpose for i don't see any reason why a woman would not want that in their life you know totally so a couple things that i want to add on top of this just for us to like kind of not overlook when we're talking about the idea of submission so first off submission does not mean inferiority or silence so we've already talked about i think both of those a little bit but just because the bible says you're called to submit doesn't mean that it's inferior by any way um, it also doesn't mean that women submit to all men. It means that women submit to their husband. So that's, I think another big thing that we mess up is that we think that somehow, 
like men are superior and women are inferior because this is what scripture says about it. But like in the context of what we're talking about, we're talking about a wife and a husband and the dynamic of how that's set up, looked at by the example of Jesus in the church. And so that's where I think things get messed up too, is we forget to realize like in the context of this scripture, when we're reading it, it literally says like, hey, you're going to like reflect your relationship with your spouse the same way that Jesus's relationship is with the church. That's your example to follow. And so we see less as, hey, the reason you're going to follow this dynamic for how it is, is because I designed it to where you you have to do it this way because I think that you're less than this and they're gonna be more than that. And you just need to like suck it up and just do it. But like we have an example to follow of how Jesus laid down his life for the church and the church submitted to Christ. And so we're not looking at this relationship as simply just a, a, a command that is unreasonable or outdated or whatever. It's like we're, we're basing it off of like an example that Jesus, God on earth, set for us with his relationship with the church. And so I think that changes. I hope that that would change some perspective as to like why we should even do this is because it's not about us. It's not about what we can get out of it. It's about literally focusing on your own part. And that's a big thing too is <clears throat> being married. Like if you have the mindset of like always looking over your shoulder to see if your partner's doing their part in the relationship, it's going to be so unhealthy, absolutely unhealthy. Because the whole point is you're supposed to focus on like what God has called you to do and you to stay in your lane and focus on that. Cause you're not called to be their babysitter or their mentor or like their spiritual guide in life. That's not what we're called to do when it comes to a marriage. And so if, if we see it that way, then that's where things really start getting healthy is it's like, well, you're not doing your job right. And you're doing this and that and this and that, but I'm doing everything perfect then you have a lot of like tension between the relationship. <clears throat> but my next question, I guess, that I would follow with this is, what if what if the man is wrong? Like, what if he is in the wrong with the decision? Let's say financially that uh, he wants to make an investment into something or he wants to go spend money doing this thing or that thing. Like, does she also have to submit to him in those scenarios? No, I don't think you should ever submit to sin. Mm -hmm. um, but let's let's be realistic with our thoughts here that like, there's going to be many, many, many situations in every marriage ever, like Christian or not, where both parties are going to be wrong about something. So we can't we can't look at that and be like, okay, just because my husband or my wife did this thing wrong that one time, that means that this whole thing that the Bible says is, you know, is crap or whatever. Like it doesn't disqualify the truth just because a sinner sinned. Um, and I think... Obviously, there's, you know, different different circumstances, different situations that are extreme. But in most circumstances, um, like I think I think the Lord in the Bible like gives each party like a man or a woman to be able to speak and have relationship and to like have accountability like with each other if a decision that is made is wrong. And I think another part that comes into to play with that is like. That's that's also what the church community is for. Like if if a man or a woman is in the wrong, um, like the Bible lays out, you know what what the church community is supposed to do, um, and so that's a huge thing I think in a marriage is having that community around you, um, because if you don't, like it can become something that's very, you know, him against her, like in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Do you guys have anything you want to add to that? Look. If your husband makes a mistake financially, 
and you're in a covenant marriage, you're stuck either way. So work through it, get over it, move on. <laughs> you heard it here first, that's, folks. That's the end like, of the podcast. Bottom line, if you're in a covenant <laughs> marriage, like your divorce isn't an option. I'm going to make mistakes. Connor's going to make mistakes. We anticipate that. Yeah. We don't plan on it, but we anticipate it. We, we work on it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, all right, well, you suck at money. Now I get to hold all the money. Yeah. No, you just talk through that, work through what to do next time. I, I want to know how many plates I've burned, you know, trying to make food sometimes in life. What? <laughs> <laughs> Melted some plastic plates. Allie, you can't put plastic in the microwave like that. No, no she I put like, plastic plate on top of the stove while it was hot. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. It was an accident. I thought it was, it was an accident. <laughs> it was so now Allie's not allowed to cook anything ever. <laughs> she has lost Precisely. her privileges. No, that's huge. So like, I think we kind of grazed over that. But when it comes to um, like, y- even even if you like make a mistake in an area, let's say finances, uh, the guy messes up. He goes and he thinks that like, babe, this uh, this crypto is going to take off. This crypto is <laughs> going to the moon. So I'm putting all of our assets in it. And he puts all of his assets in it. And then all of a sudden, he makes nothing. He loses on it. And now they've lost all their assets. Now, does the relationship dynamic change where now she's in charge of the finances because he messed up one time? And then if that's the case, then like if she messes up one time on something, then does the role go back to him? Because it's whoever made the last mistake gets to make the new decision. Right. And like... I think that that's huge because we we think that when it comes to submitting uh, submitting to uh, to to like your husband uh, that it's like on the conditions that he makes the same decisions that I agree with and if it's not what I agree with then I don't have to submit to it now in the context of if it's leading to I think I wrote down a list there's a few things that if they are leading you into that you don't have to submit to those things um, it's one if they're forcing you to sin like in, to 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 go into biblical sin, uh, they are abusive or they have committed adultery against you or are insane or medically, uh, incapacitated, meaning that like they can't actually like make decisions for that sense. No, those are, those are cases where like you don't have to submit, but outside of that, if it's that they just make poor choices, like you're still called to submit. And I think what that really says and speaks volumes into is like choosing the right partner, which goes back to like, red flags last week which talks about like or green flags last week and then red flags of when you're looking for someone to like marry we don't hold that weight we don't think about those things we think like yeah as long as like he's really attractive and has a six-pack and like goes to church and you'll like throw his arm over my shoulder while we're worshiping because you know i love to idolize those pictures then like (laughs) i have the perfect person and he'll, he'll be my perfect spouse and then you realize that like he's bad with money he's bad with leadership he's bad with communication he's bad with your family and he doesn't have a really good relationship with them he doesn't have a good relationship with his own family whatever it is it's like but those are the things you bring into the relationship and so if you're not wise in realizing like hey who you pick to marry for the rest of your life is for the rest of your life like you don't get to just all of a sudden discredit them because you're like oh well i didn't i didn't know that about them before we got married like they brought that in nowhere it's like (laughs) you should have done a better job learning about your partner before you decided to sign a covenant with them for the rest of your life you know what i'm saying and like once you're in the situation yeah can't change it but like you have to remember that like that's what your role is in the relationship and it's not because he says so and it's like hey submit to me like because you're less than me it's because Christ has called you to do that. And there's a higher calling coming from Christ than anything man could give us. 
And so if we can, if we can just like hone in on this idea of like submission is not meant to be bad, but it's also not conditional when it comes to like the decisions that like one of the parties makes, which then goes into my next thing is decision-making when it comes into relationships. So this is, this is a really interesting one only because, um, I've seen it kind of go both ways where, um, I guess my first question actually would be like for you guys growing up with your parents, was it always that mom made the final say or was it dad that had the final say or was it like it changed every week with who got the final say on things? Um, it's, it's difficult for me, you know, to think about it because my family was, you know, a broken family growing up. And so it differed, um, between like the, my mom's side and my dad's side. Um, but I think a reason why like my, my birth mom, and my birth dad like got divorced was because in, at certain times, like my dad was, was in the wrong, like in kind of the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, like he was too, um, I don't know how to say it nicely, but he, he, he worried too much about the power that he had in a relationship. Um, and so I think, you know, it's difficult for me to say like with that question, but I do think that there's, it's, it's circumstantial, like Mm. situations are situational. And so, um, yeah, I don't really know. Um, so with my family, since that is a weird dynamic, um, my grandma and grandpa, it was always, I feel like my grandma's a really good picture of a submissive wife because my yeah. grandpa was the breadwinner. She stayed at home with the kids. Then my grandpa got injured and had to retire. So my grandma had to step up and make the money, mm-hmm. but she never switched how she viewed him. He was still head of the household. He's protector. He's the man of the house. Like I, n- I never saw it different. Yeah. Even though, yeah, he didn't go to work. He took us to school. That's I never yeah. saw that as him not being the head because she made it a point. He sat at the head of the table. Yeah. He was like, everything was around him. But when it revolved around doing something, we would ask my grandma. She would take it to him. Mm-hmm. We never asked grandpa. She would take it to him because they talk. Yeah. We don't need to talk to grandpa. She'll talk to him. Um. So he was like the final decision. But my grandma, the reason why she would go in is she'd advocate for us, for her children. She'd be like, grandpa, it's not that bad. Like, can't let them go. Blah, blah, blah. But it was so interesting how she did it. We never asked my grandpa permission for anything because my grandma was always home. So we asked her and she would take it to him. Mm -hmm. But he had the say, but she would advocate and plea and give her side. And she'd come to us with the answer. Um, Ultimately, she would say to us first, like, I'm sure that's okay, but let me check with your with your father, with your grandpa. Yeah. Um, which I respect. It was never like, yeah, that's fine. And then we do ask grandpa and it's a different answer. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like we see a lot in TV, like TV shows, even in families now. Yeah. But my grandma always made it a point to say, let me check with your grandpa. Yeah. So. Which is really interesting because I feel like nowadays, whoever's the breadwinner is the one who usually would get the final say on things. Cause it would be used as leverage. It's like, but I'm the one that's racking in everything for this household. I'm the one that's making everything happen. Like, why right. do I not get the final say on these things? Well, and too, she handles the finances because my grandpa doesn't know how. Mm. He can't really read or write <clears throat> that well. He can, just not super duper well. And mm-hmm. he doesn't know technology the way she does. So she does all the spreadsheets, but she gives him an allowance. Because no, he doesn't make money. So I she want gives an him- allowance. <laughs> like we got allowances as kids. He got an allowance and he openly would joke about it. Like, Oh, I'm going to spend all my allowance. You want to come being funny? <laughs> but like, it was never like, I never saw him as less than because she made a point. She made him dinner and she never once made him say thank you. 
Yeah. Like that's what she did for him. She loved to serve. She embraced her role to the fullest. And even when she got more responsibilities added on, she's like, well, I don't want to be the one who has to protect this house. Mm. I don't want to be the one who has to fix the cars. Grandpa has to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a way to look at it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah, it's super, you don't find that a lot today. I don't Mm-mm. think that's not very common to find. Um, even in my family dynamic, it wasn't that way. It was actually kind of flipped. I think my mom had more say than my dad did. Wow. And that's not to say that, <clears throat> like, I think that my parents didn't raise me right. And it's not to say that, like, right. if you don't follow this formula, your kids are going to grow up, like, screwed. <laughs> like, and I think that's, that's important. It's not a formula. Right. And I, I think that there's there's blessings when it comes to, like, honoring it to be led in a certain way. And if it's not done that way, it's not that, like, God's like, all right, well, now I'm going to make sure that your children turn into little devils when they get older. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you can still raise a family doing it outside of that. It's not saying that that's impossible. Right. But I think that there are key factors to when you do choose to do it and structure it the way that, you know, Christ has called us to, um, that there are future blessings that come with that. And not to say that that might be financial or any of that kind of stuff, because that's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about how like just the overall dynamic and the relationship flow of things. Um, And like guys are called to step up. And that's where I think that there's isn't that the term simp? Like, isn't that the the thing nowadays where it's like guys that will just give in to whatever women want? Simp over their girlfriend. I think about the I think about the phrase like happy wife, happy life all the time Mm -hmm. when I think of that stuff. And like while it's a joke, it also is like really unhealthy to think about. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if your wife's not happy, your life is hell. And it's like, that's... (laughs) You're not in control of that. I know, right? It's like, if that's the mindset that we have about a relationship is that um, our wife has to be happy at all times in order for you to like be in a good relationship, like you're you're probably doing something wrong because we don't base our obedience and our submission and respect for each other based off of our level of happiness. And what is it? uh, Serotonin? Is that what happiness is? Like our level of serotonin doesn't affect that or it should not at least. Well, and society loves those jokes of like you're a simp, happy wife, happy life or like go make me a sandwich. Your job's in the kitchen. And it's like, whereas, (laughs) stop right now. Stop right now, all of you. Whereas it is super funny. funny. And Connor still would joke with me. Like the other day, he walked into the kitchen. He goes, babe, there's dishes in the sink. What's up with that? (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you are failing wife school right now. And I was like, oh my, but I know he's kidding, obviously. But like, I find that funny because even with like roles, like we talked about there, there's not a set formula, right? Because it's not like, okay, well, I'm the female, so I'm the cook of the household he's the male so he has to know how to take out the trash do like safety stuff like you have to know how to shoot a gun go fishing like all these things no mm-hmm. no 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 also first of all connor's a better cook than i am he cooks yeah. more than i do right so then why on earth would i struggle my whole life to try to cook for him mm-hmm. and clearly he can do it i can do my part make side dishes mac and cheese all day every day <laughs> um nice. that's pretty much it <laughs> 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 but like genuinely like i don't know i feel like we Chef's get kiss. caught up in this is the formula of how it's supposed to be when no i enjoy doing things and we talk about all the time with cleaning like we like doing different things i love doing dishes i love doing folding laundry connor likes wiping down surfaces and cleaning toilets there we go Ta-da! like he loves to vacuum more than anything so it's like we figure out what the other person does or doesn't like and we work with that yeah. It's not like we went into it like, well, you're the man, so take the trash out, you idiot. Like, that's your job. That's all you got. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm thankful that he knows how to cook and like wants to cook. And I, you know, on rare occasions can do that for him or 
we do it together, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a society, we get caught up in making those jokes, but then people get offended. Yeah. And it's again, like there's no weight behind when you guys say that to me. Mm-hmm. Like I make the joke even before he does where I'm like, well, I'm a woman, so I can't say my opinion out loud. And people will laugh because I'm joking. I'm not being serious. Like, <laughs> yeah. but people want to be offended. They're looking for you to mess up. Yep. Same with this podcast. They're looking for you men to say one thing about how women should submit to their husbands just so they can attack you. You know what I'm saying? But society just loves. They love just stirring the pot a little bit. Oh, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to roles and like uh, like in the house, I think that there's obviously a lot of room for that. This battery's going to die. It, did it die? It's about to. It's blinking red. Oh, that's okay. We'll finish up here. Um, Yeah, there is a uh, drastic difference. I think that we can... Or there's just a lot of room for like roles within the household that like scripture doesn't specifically talk about where you can talk about those things. But like the overall dynamic that like the man is called to be the head of the household, um, like that stands as that. And the woman is, the wife is to submit to that. But we forget that like the man is to be always submitted to Christ first and foremost. Like if we don't get that part right, that's where all the unhealthy stuff comes from. And if we don't, if we don't like get that straight and like call out men to be like, hey, you need to lead this household. Like you have a responsibility to lead this household. Like you are the man of the relationship. Act like it. Because I think that a lot of guys don't want the responsibility. They want all of the credit, all of the looking good, all of the, like, I want to be seen as, like, a really good husband. But they don't want to do the work for it. And they don't want to spiritually lead the household. And that's where they lose. And that's where there's conflict with that. So um, there's always going to be conflict in relationships. There's always going to be issues. But um, overall, I think that if we can stay center line with what Scripture calls us to do, um, it's going to overall, the relationships can be blessed in a lot more ways when it comes to our relationship with Jesus than anything else. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I just want to touch again on that. Cause I know we talked a lot about like the women on the side of this, um, more than the men. And I think the reason why is less because like we men are trying to like really like force women to be like, Hey, let like submit to me, submit to me, like submit to men kind of thing. I think it's more that like, that's just more of what's like really talked about right now. Um, but what's not being talked about too is like the lack of leadership and accountability to men on how they're called to lead the relationship. And, um, this is something that I've seen played out over and over and over again. And this is why, again, women be wise in who you choose to marry because don't marry a guy who just goes to church every Sunday. Like that doesn't like constitute you as a Christian. Like doesn't like set the bar up here when you're like, well, I want him to to be like hardworking and I want him to have a savings and yeah, I want him to pack. go. Yeah, six pack. But also he uh, goes to church on Sundays and it's like, Where's no. Where's a Bass Pro Shop like, hat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are all <laughs> To <me>. church. <laughs> <laughs> Christians, Christians like me, 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 me. <laughs> um, but like just going to church on Sundays doesn't cut it. Like you need to look at his relationship with the Lord on like a day-to-day basis and how he um, conducts himself, but also in how he makes decisions and who he goes to for when he needs to make decisions. Because if he's just like, yeah, I only went to like seek advice from like non-believers or just a couple people versus like, no, I've been spending time in prayer and I've been in God's word trying to figure out like what I need to do about this. Like that's someone that you're like green flag about. But like men, like the reason why I think we have a really huge problem today with um, like, this whole egalitarian type movement is because like we've screwed up in so many ways along the way. And like, um, 
society is not very forgiving of the past. They like to bring up anything they can about the past to use as leverage for the future. And so, um, and there, there's never contentment. There's, I think that that's the, the other part about it too, with this whole thing is that like, it seems like the movement is pushing for this, but it doesn't seem like there's any kind of end goal in play except for them to come out on top mm-hmm. and for it just to be a role switch mm-hmm. where then the unhealthy one now is the woman who sees him as, you know, like garbage and worth nothing because of what he did in the past. And then now we just completely switch roles. It's the same thing again. So, but for, for men, like we, we have a bigger responsibility that we need to step up for. And I think that we, we lack that vision to see that. And I think that that comes from one, not having a solid community of like believers around you. Um, I would also say that like, if your church isn't like trying to do anything for men and trying to invest into them, then one, um, don't assume that they're a bad church, but maybe reach out to them and like make that a suggestion for them to, to consider doing is like, Hey, like we should have like a men's group or something. Cause like, I really want to learn how to be more, um, like Christ in a godly relationship as a man leading this family. And like, I'd love for wisdom on that. And maybe that's just finding a mentor and that mentor is someone that's married in the church or something that can guide you in that. But, um, but choosing not to do anything about those things and just thinking that you have it all figured out is probably the worst thing that you could do because there's, you think you're prepared and then you get into it and you're like, I'm not prepared. <laughs> and if you struggle with pride, that's going to really like halt any kind of progress of trying to grow because you're going to say that like, no, I'll figure it out myself or I got this or I know what I'm doing. And it's just a lie. It's a big fat sham. So, um, I just want to, to like make this a big call out for any guys right now that like, we, we did really talk about women submitting, but like men, like you're like in, in, in Ephesians, when it talks about how men are called to love their wives, the word that is used. So there's four types of love that we see in the Bible and three of them have to do with feelings. Um, I can't remember them off the top of my name, uh, top of my head, Storg, Eros and, uh, Philia are the three that are like feelings. And those are like family relationship, brotherly love, um, and uh, like erotic love. And then the fourth one is agape love. And agape love has to do with like choice and choosing to love them. And so the word that he uses here is not, hey, you need to like just be romantic and like love them with like, you know, your emotions and the the butterflies in your stomach kind of thing. And it's not um, just like the, hey, you're a sister in Christ. Like, love you. <laughs> like uh, when it comes to a relationship, like you're called to love them by choice and that's an every single day thing. And you're to die to yourself. That's what both parties are to do. Like both are to die to themselves and live for Christ. And so that should just clear the air on everything. And that should make it to where we don't even have to question this whole idea of like, why, why should I have to submit to you? If like, you're not going to do anything for me. And it's like, if we're both on the same page about like our relationship with Jesus, it's not going to be a problem at all because both of us are focused on who can be more selfless without the reward of getting something in return simply because we're doing it because God's called us to do it. And so that becomes a fun game of like, man, like I want to do something really nice. Submission competition. Submission competition. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that works exactly, but yeah. Uh, So yeah, with um, just like the relationship, like learning to, if we can, if we can just hone in on our relationship with Jesus and focus on ourselves and our relationship with Jesus and what he's called us to do first before trying to be like, Oh, Christ is telling you to do this, read this, or like copy and send this to your significant other and be like, look, it says submit. Checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> you're hosed. Like focus on what you're called to do first and foremost. And if like you're not married, then really, really set some boundaries to be like, all right, well, am I, am I making a wise choice and making, making, maybe pursuing this person as like a future spouse? So that's all to consider. So anyways, um, I think that's all we got. 
you guys have anything else you want to add on? Praise yeah. the Lord. Amen, brother. <clears throat> I have a very brief thing to add on. Yes. Um, there's this book called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Um, it's this old relationship book um, that basically breaks breaks down the differences between men and women and how we can love each other in unique ways. Um, then he came out with another book called Beyond Mars and Venus that applies more to how roles inside of culture, how women are going to work more and different things literally affect hormones and emotions in ways that have to be really, really worked on within a relationship because, because we're created and designed really cognitively to be in within a family in a specific way. And if it's not done a certain way, which is according to the biblical way of doing things, um, it creates, um, tension and messes with you with your emotions hormones like i said um which i think is super interesting and i recommend that book if you know for for most of the audience probably doesn't apply to them but if you're in a marriage um where some of those like traditional dynamics are kind of flipped on their head and things kind of change um highly recommend that book um beyond mars and venus and then the other thing i wanted to say when we were talking about um maybe the head of the house isn't making like a good decision and what an awesome opportunity that is to be selfless and be humble um, and to love them regardless of their decision because we don't love our significant other because of the choices, the good choices that they're always making, but we love them because that's, that's what we chose to do. It's a decision, you know, like Christ didn't die on the cross for us because we're out here making good decisions. He did it because he loves us. That's what he chose to do. That was really good, Christian. It's a good word. Thanks. That's all. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. With that said, we'll end the podcast now. <laughs> great success. See you <laughs> later. Very great success. Don't watch that movie. If you guys... <laughs> <laughs> just listen to the accent. Uh, if you guys made it to the end of this podcast, uh, we give you a solid high five. If you're watching us on Spotify, leave us a review. It helps a lot. We'd appreciate it. If you're not watching us on YouTube, why the heck? Well, if you're watching on Spotify, that'd be why. But if you're not watching us in general, why are you not watching us on YouTube? Head over to our uh, channel. Ask us why. Subscribe to it. Hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I drop episodes at midnight. And then uh, other than that, make sure you're following us on social media and uh, make sure that you are... Um, Staying cool. I don't know. <laughs> Staying I don't know cool, what to say. Don't drop out of school. Yeah, there nice. you go. Nugs, not drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out. Bye. Guys, say, Connor, say bye. Come on. Connor. Come on, bro. Say bye. Say bye. Say bye. Okay, so later. <laughs> <laughs>